Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. I'm Shrikar Rajendran. And I'm Anish Gupta. And I think Anish has a little bit of a little story time to fill yeah. us in on before we get into this episode. Yeah, so unfortunately, I got COVID. Um, sucks, but uh, yeah, so I'm currently in the isolation dorms, a little bit of a different setup, as you can tell, just kind of a little bit of my room. It, it's been rough, but you know... I think it just so I, I tested positive yesterday, so I'll be out next Friday. Um, so yeah, I just got to deal with these next nine days. Now, and, if you can't tell the dedication coming in, you know, the day after tested positive for COVID and bringing you guys being isolated, this is this is some good therapy to talk about some football. So, well, yeah, we're excited to talk about football. We got a lot of stuff to talk about actually, because last week. Uh, was a big roller coaster week. We had some teams uh, that came back with some big performances, uh, some other teams that kind of fell off and we got to start worrying about. And then, of course, we had Monday Night Football uh, with maybe the weirdest game that we've seen in the last couple of years. Like, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah I was I was actually at a social like with the uh, sports analytics club that I'm in. We all were like just watching the game. We we're like, what the hell is going on? Like, I mean, like it was. It was crazy the amount of times, you know, they were running the football. But, yeah, I thought that was just so unexpected. Well, I'm in then, Syracuse. I'm in Syracuse. So, the, like, the wind here is not as bad as it was in Buffalo. But, my God, it is windy. It is windy. It, it was football weather. And, obviously, give me football weather. I like it. But, um, interesting before, game, though. Yeah. Before you get into your takeaway, I want you to go first, too. I think more unexpected – the Lions won a football game and none of us picked it as our takeaway, but I felt like if there's any of the, like the 50 people that, that pay attention to the episodes every week, if there's just one Lions fan out there, we have not talked about the Lions all year. So I feel like we kind of owe them a little bit of their dues, uh, you know, talking about the Lions win. Anish, you want to start us off? Yeah. Uh, quick Cal, the USC connection for the win, uh, despite, you know, Cal beating usc i told you it was gonna happen like this is rubbing my face all week i literally told you it was gonna happen. wait i think this is the first episode since that <laughs> we're good we're I'm still sorry. rocking out. i have cloud i have cloud jack for the last like five days about it i think i've sent him the final score like 16 times um but which is ironic because i think i caught code from the game but you know what whatever they beat him and uh, yeah, so quick Cal USC connection for the win. Um, but hey, you know, golf played well. And I think the Lions finally won a close game, right? I think, you know, I believe they were one in, or they're one in six now in those close one possession games. So, you know, it's good to see them finally get it done and close the deal. That's a huge step forward for a rookie head coach, which I think Dan Campbell needs to stay. I think this is something that he can build on. I think watching that final play, and after it ended, I immediately thought that was some of the worst defense I have ever seen on a final play of the game ever. <laughs> Mike Zimmer decides to come out in the softest zone I've ever seen with the game on the line. Dancer's like five yards back of the end zone. And you got you to gotta ask him to run up to Amon Ross St. Brown and make the play there. You have to guard the end zone. The front of the end zone is what you need to be guarding. And, you know, they let players get in front of them. And I think that's 100% on Mike Zimmer. Obviously, Dantzler does deserve some blame. It was on him. But, I mean, the way the defense was set up, it was it was set up to fail. It was just – it was a terrible call. I don't understand why you'd go with that defense on the final play of the game against Detroit, no less. you got to keep everything, you know, not behind you, but at least guard the end zone. And that's – you know, they didn't do that in the slightest. So, it was a very bizarre ending to 
a great win for Dan Campbell, as Anish said. It was a great moment for the Detroit community, obviously, um, coming off the Oxford shooting. And it was great to see Dan Campbell in that press conference um, using that game ball as a tribute to that community. So I think it was a great moment for Detroit, and I think it's a great win for the Lions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Minnesota defense on that play was horrible. I don't want to take anything away from Lions fans and the Lions in general. They've been through just so much this year. They've, Anish mentioned, they've lost – so many games on just either the last play or one of the last plays, like you look back to the, to the Ravens game, I think specifically is like the one that really sticks out. Like they, they should have won that game uh, multiple just dagger plays in a row and then losing on the Justin Tucker field goal. But they finally had the ball last. Uh, they went down on the Ross St. Brown scored it. Um, it was your boy Dantzler though. That, Anish. That one hurts. I know that one yeah. hurts. I uh, and, and, high on him and yeah, that one, that one hurt. Going back to you to your point about USC, though, I don't want to let this slide because you never actually answered my question in the group chat. Um, first of all, so that's the first time cows beat SC in Berkeley since I've I think- only been a cow fan for one year. So I know, as far let as me just- I know I'm one to know in the years I've been a cow fan. So fine. Last time it happened in Berkeley was like 2003, the year I was born. Do you know what happened immediately after that loss? You never answered my question in the group chat. They probably lost like 16 straight or something. Like, no, 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 no. USC rattled off 30 plus straight wins in a row. That's crazy. Yet they've still never made the call. You know, history does tend oh. to repeat itself. History does yeah. tend to repeat itself. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Go orange. Starts off. Yeah. I think Jack's getting a little bit too hopeful. I can't wait to see uh, USC not make the playoff and then, you know, because they haven't made it yet. So and still then, haven't gotten back to me on that bet either. I've, I'm thinking about it. I still am. You're right. So the bet is maybe if you guys can let us know in the comments, it's so it's will USC make the playoff while we're both in college. So in the next, what, three seasons, three seasons, like sophomore year, or junior year, and our senior year. So I don't, I think for two, I would be confident in betting for two. The third one is what I'm a little bit unsure about, but uh, obviously we'll, we'll think a little bit more about that bet and uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. You got to get serious. back to me. As a Syracuse fan, every time they talk about USC and Cal, I always just have to sub myself out of the conversation because yeah, I can't no talk football. no one cares about Syracuse. Didn't they, I think, not, they, I think Syracuse good. had a better record than both SC and Cal this year, right? They're I think we tied. School. We tied we were Cal. a basketball school. Yeah. We tied with Cal, and we had a better record than SC, which is absolutely insane. That's a... <laughs> that's slightly Wait, sad. So we're only both only a little seven? bit sad. We're both we're five both and five seven. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's that's rough. Yeah. Uh, we're a basketball school, though. Ranked 16th in the country. Yeah, I, I'm excited no to get there for basketball season. Let's, but we're not a basketball podcast. So let's no, that's true. You guys don't care about <laughs> basketball. You want to hear about football. Shrigar, you want to start us off with your takeaway? We'll go let's do around it. the other let's way. I'll go it. last this week. All right, let's do it. Last week uh, in our pick segment, when we were picking the Ravens-Steelers game, I immediately jumped and said the Ravens are frauds because they were getting off yeah. a string of ridiculous wins whether it was that Vikings game, the Lions game, as Jack mentioned, the Chiefs, what else, the Colts, the Browns. They were just getting the weirdest wins possible, and eventually I felt like they were going to run out of luck, and it definitely happened in Pittsburgh, that final play. Mark Andrews off the tip of his fingers. That could be the play that defines you know, the rest of the season for the Ravens because they're trying to push for that one seed. That probably just took them out of it. And now you are in a wide open AFC North where every win, every loss matters. So looking at the schedule, I don't think anybody has a tougher schedule than the Ravens. You got rematches with the Bengals and Browns. You got to host the Packers, Rams, Steelers again. None are going to be easy. And even though, you know, they're, they're a solid team with a good coaching staff. Lamar Jackson is a unique talent, as I said before. 
I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they're going to get that one seed by any means. I don't know what seed they're going to get in the AFC. Will they even make the playoffs? I don't know because all year Baltimore has just lived on the edge and now they were on the other side of it. And now with the tougher part of their schedule coming up, you got to wonder if this team is really for real. And honestly, right now, I'm not on the Ravens hype train, especially with them just losing Marlon Humphrey. They were already a bad pass defense, but now it's just that much worse. So I definitely think the Ravens are frauds and, you know, I don't really see this team making a deep playoff run in January. Cool. Yeah. I was waiting for like your quote unquote takeaway from the game. So I guess it's the Ravens are fraud and you don't see a deep run. I agree with you. I think obviously for it's in specific to the play, uh, the inside receiver is supposed to kind of rub TJ for like a split second, and he doesn't do that. And that's kind of the reason why TJ was able to disrupt the pass. Obviously, Lamar could have still gotten it off. Uh, but, you know, it's those little, little, you know, tiny niche type of things that just, uh, you know, can cause a disruptive play like that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it sucks. But I think they live with that call. Uh, I think that's something that, you know, would win you more games and will lose you. And just, you know, Ravens culture, they're always been aggressive. They've always been this, you know, pounded team. And. I, I live with the call, uh, especially because you didn't have your corners and Steelers had 17 points in the fourth quarter. You know, they had all the momentum. Uh, in terms of the Ravens long term, I did kind of, you know, obviously Shrigar talked about specifically the Ravens, but I think in terms of the AFC North, right, because your takeaway was that you don't really see this team making a deep playoff run or even making the playoffs. I mean, all four teams are within two games of each other. And if you look at their schedules, I, I told these guys this, but I just thought it was a crazy, crazy thing that – they're all four teams have to play teams that are 500 or better for the rest of the season, all of them. And the only one that's not 500 or better is literally tonight, Pittsburgh at Minnesota. And the rest of Pittsburgh's four games are teams that are 500 or better. The rest of Cleveland's five games, 500 or better. Cincinnati, 500 or better. Uh, Baltimore, also 500 or better, as Shrikar mentioned. So anything can happen in this race. And it's really just, you know, who emerges week, come week 18. And the thing is, as Jack mentioned in the uh, the beginning of the year, I think we might only get one AFC North team just because they're going to kind of beat each other out. Uh, and I think the winner of the AFC uh, AFC North is going to be the four seed, which, you know, kind of sucks considering that, you know, all four of these teams are good, but it's just how, you know, competitive the AFC has been and just how competitive their schedules have been. I'll take it back. I, I do think they're going to make the playoffs, but deep playoff run that that's still a take. I, I think, I'm, I don't, I'm not ready to make a claim about whether the Ravens make the playoffs or not. I think, and I wasn't saying preseason that I thought only one team was going to say, I it was in that hot take segment. I wasn't completely sure, but it was definitely an idea that popped into my mind, a possibility, a team like the Ravens doesn't make the playoffs. And this was kind of the reason that I looked at it. I'm like, okay, it's definitely a possibility because they just haven't been extremely consistent. They do face a tough schedule um, and the style of football they play. If it's not, if it doesn't start off, you know, going out well, especially, you know, in a game uh, against a good defense, like specifically their offense, if they're not able to run the ball at the start and you start uh, putting them behind the chains, uh, behind the count, behind on the scoreboard, it's tough for them to come back uh, and win football games. With this, with a stretch that they're on, it's not even that they're playing teams that are 500 or better. I mean, they're playing some of the most elite teams in the NFL. You name the Packers and you name the Rams. Those are two NFC powerhouses uh, at the top to, near the tops of their division or at the top. I don't know. It's going to be a tough task. I definitely don't think the Ravens are going to get the one seed. And funny enough, we might end up having Kansas city at the one seed, which I think would just be so funny after everything that's happened this year. I know. Uh, don't rule out New England though. No, definitely not. I mean, New England's there right now. It's kind of tough to rule them out. 
I think there's I talked to a streetcar before the episode. I draw I draw like comparisons with two teams, the Ravens and the Bills. I feel like they're in pretty similar situations. Um, struggling near the top of their division still, though. Bosa's lost their star cornerback. Um, and Shrigard distinguished, like, you know, the Bills had a great defense before. The Ravens really didn't. Um, but they're both teams that I have genuine questions about. They have possible chances of missing the playoffs. And, well, I think the easy answer right now is saying, you know, you know what, they'll figure it out. They'll get a couple wins. They'll make the playoffs. I still just don't think that even if that happens, you can have much confidence in them going into the playoffs. And from what we've seen from both of those teams the last couple of weeks, specifically the Ravens, because uh, they just they've looked like crap, especially on offense over the past couple of weeks. There's just not much confidence there with me. Um, and so it's definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on. Definitely going to have to monitor uh, because these are two teams that are supposed to be running the AFC. Uh, and right now they're kind of taking the dip. I think we got to talk about, you know, Lamar because the Lamar yeah. MVP chance have gone really, really silent. And uh, I don't know if there's MVP chance for anybody at this point. I mean, yeah. like, I, mean, keep, I, keep I, think it in mind. You know, I think it's going to be Tom. It's happening. Right. Once Wentz got hurt, it was like no one else. So it was like, all right, we'll just give it to Tom because he's been efficient. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, again, under 20 points in five out of the last six games. This is a Ravens team that literally has won by playing well situationally. I think they're, and that just goes to show good coaching and, you know, disciplined football. I think that's in the past did. month, Lamar has thrown nine touchdowns and 12 picks. Just keep that in mind. That's yeah, he has been so his, awful. His, I'm not going to say like it's full on regression, but his picks have been increasing each year by like, I a think dramatic, it's, like it's, and now it's becoming like X, like, and they know. look worse. Like yeah. some of the ones he threw, especially against Cleveland, that one, yeah, he I missed know. Mark Andrews by a solid, like five yards. Yeah. That so first pick that, in that Pittsburgh game was, yeah, awful. that was just, I mean, see, again, I think it's, it's the whole thing of where, you know, like, you know, Kyler and Russ can, you know, run when they can Lamar runs when he wants. And it's like, he's relying on his, you know, his, uh, his legs way too much. And he's asking his offensive line to protect him for like five to seven seconds. Like that's just not going to happen, especially because you're getting pushed back. There's a reason why Brady and Rogers always have quote unquote good old lines, no matter the depth, it's because they only have to protect him for like two less than two seconds. Cause they get the ball out so quick. Uh, I think, you know, that's why, you know, Lamar sometimes just doesn't put his team in position to win. And, uh, he's been great don't get me wrong but he also has these moments where you question right is is him being on the field really helping your team right now I also think just from the start of the season he's been dealing with key injuries everywhere he's been asked to do too much and now we're we're just seeing the wear and tear of that as the season drags on he's been doing a lot worse and I think it's mainly because he's he's being asked to be Superman when he's really not he needs help he needs help and he's just not getting it he has a great coaching staff but I think the injuries are just taking a toll on him. Yep. Yeah. He, I mean, I still, he has weapons and he has way more weapons than we've seen before. I mean, he he's had seasons with far less than what he has right now. Uh, when you bring in Bateman, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Devonta Freeman's actually looked like a pretty serviceable running back. And it just, I was telling them earlier, it makes me just think about what we could have had with JK Dobbins this year before that injury. Um, he would have been amazing. He would have been so good, but so I, I don't want to say like he doesn't have anything, but you're right. I mean, in, injuries to, to Ronnie Stanley, they traded away Orlando Brown uh, in the off season. The defense, I feel like, especially is kind of what's taken the hit injury wise. They lost Marcus Peters before the season. They've but got they're still playing. They're still playing pretty well. Yeah. I mean, the only bad uh, I've seen them play in the last, you know, the Ravens games. defense. Yeah, I mean, look, their past defenses. They allowed awful. ten points to Cleveland. They allowed uh, they 
you know, they made enough plays in that Bears game. And then obviously in Pittsburgh, aside from the, that's what I'm saying, the only quarter I've really seen that was bad was the fourth quarter of last game. I think I feel like that, that Browns game, game was, was more of the Browns offense being bad than the Ravens yeah. defense playing good. I'll give you that. But, you know, I think, again, I think it just boils down to situational football. Uh, that's why. And that's something that the Ravens still do well. Um, and I think, you know, because of that, they should still be the favorites in, in this AFC North. And also they have a two game lead on Cleveland, I think a one and a half game lead on Pittsburgh and uh, a one game lead on Cincy. So they should still be the favorites. But, I mean, you know, you you can't really put your stock into this team right now. I think the problem with that is if, if the Ravens stay in the playoffs, someone else from the AFC North stays in the playoffs, you got Buffalo not falling out. Your Colts might get left out of niche. Hey, all I know is, listen, you don't want to face this team right now. I, I don't. Yeah, you don't. That's for sure. <laughs> Man, Wentz will finally make his playoff debut. Oh man, I he's not that. gonna make the playoffs. That's the thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Who's who's falling out? Who's who's falling out? That's what I'm saying. Like, Buffalo, I want... so but if Buffalo loses to the Bill, oh sorry, the Bucks, we're gonna talk about that. They're eight they'll be and six. And, yeah. They'll be, be seven and six, six if they lost to the Bucks. They'll be seven and six, and the Colts are seven and six. Who has tiebreaker? No, the, the, the the Bills will be eight and six. They're eight and five right now. No, they're seven and five. Buffalo needs to go 11 and, sure six eight and five to, to make the playoffs, uh, in my opinion. Bills, the Bills have had their bye week, so they're seven and five. Yeah. For, why did I think they were eight and four going into last week? No, nah, that's the Pats. That's the Patriots? Okay. Yeah. Bills are seven and five. If they lose, they'll be seven and six. The Colts are seven and six. Colts have tiebreaker. That's true, but I don't know. We'll see. Bills, I, could, Bills could definitely miss that. They, they don't have tiebreaker against the Chargers. They don't have – or not the Chargers. Who am I thinking of? The Colts. And- the Colts. The Pats, obviously, Pats. so far at least. Yeah. But if there's if there's a tie at ten and seven, I don't think they're winning a lot of tiebreakers there. So no, I don't, I don't think, think so. That's like you because raise it. Of the win percentage, I think, in conference games. But you raised the point last week that they could miss the playoffs, and when and I looked at it, it's like it definitely makes sense. And one of those teams, like one team's going to have to fall out right now for the they're Colts going, to win. They're and... going to be like three teams that are like really good that would probably make it, you know, another year that just won't make it. This or year. would make it to be one of the higher seeds in the NFC. Yeah. That are, I mean, yeah, right they're, now going, you to, they're going to be a solid teams. three team. Cause look, as we, there's still 12 teams that are 500 or better still. And look, Miami is worth a mention too. So really there's 13 teams in this hunt still. 13. I mean, it's everyone except for Houston, New York and Jacksonville. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy to me. But, you know, we'll see. There's going to be some great teams left out. Like, I want to see the Chargers make it. I want to see the Bengals make it. I want to see the Colts make it. The Dolphins definitely, like, they're playing like a playoff team right now. And, I mean, it's echoing what we said last week. Like, a good team, or in this case, probably three good teams are going to get left out, and it's going to suck. Because yeah. we know that it, there's still hope. matchups would be elite. There's still hope. Browns and Colts. There's still The Browns hope. are not making the playoffs. They're, 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 they're out of the hope. bubble. There's still hope. And that's my fault. Uh, yeah. I do apologize for that. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Okay, now Jackers. you're out on them. There's still five moves. You're out on them. So I am out on them. Unless Baker's healthy. No, don't, don't. He's <laughs> not. He's not. He's not. Nope. Baker at 100%. Browns, no, Browns train again, man. He's at 40. <laughs> all right. You want to head into my takeaway? Absolutely. All right. We're going to switch it over to the NFC. And uh, my takeaway is that basically we're going to see two NFC East teams make the playoffs. One is for sure going to be the Cowboys. And the other one is, I think, between Washington and Philly. And as of right now, I'm going to go with Washington. Uh, this is a team that Shrikar and I picked to beat the Raiders. And uh, this is a team riding a four-game win streak. 
And here's they're not technically out of the division win because they do play the Cowboys twice and they're only behind them by two games. Yep. Uh, but you know, I doubt that they finish the season on a nine-game win streak. That's just, you know, impossible. Uh, but they've been playing great. Their defense has finally been looking like the defense that we've seen. I know they got a little bit bailed out by that deep pass that, you know, could have been uh, what do you call it, you know called for a pass interference but you know whatever they kind of walked a win is a win uh taylor heineke again he's he's a glorified playmaker like he makes plays i mean he's like six foot you know not the biggest guy not the strongest arm but he does enough to you know win these games and uh for washington this is a team that you honestly any nfc team does not really want to face right now I, I agree. I agree. I think the Cowboys are definitely going to make it. And I think if it came down to Washington and Philly, I think Washington is just the better team right now. And you mentioned Taylor Heineke. I think I said it last week. He's just a very frisky quarterback because there's some plays where he just wows you and you're like, wow, Taylor Heineke. And then there's some plays where you're like, oh, it's Taylor Heineke. So it's it's he's a very weirdly inconsistent but good QB. And I think with how the NFC looks right now, I think Washington is going to make it in the wild card. I think the Niners, they took a bad loss, but I still think yeah, you know, the standings favor them making it. Sure. I mean, you know, Philly could still technically make it. Uh, they could, I mean, but, but I think Minnesota has a better, like. Well, I mean, the Ram- so the Rams are locked in as the five. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah I forgot. So it, there's two spots. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be Washington and SF. Uh, but you know, you guys want to know Washington's next five games? They're all easy. NFC East opponents. All NFC so East, yeah. All that's why coming no, into the year, no, it's not easy. They no, it's not. It it, it looked easy coming into the year, and that's why everyone was saying like, "Oh, Terry McLaurin, fantasy football playoff no, god." No, no, and no. now everyone looking at it is like the NFC five division opponents is very hard. That yeah. is very hard, especially that you have to go Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles. That's very hard. Yeah, I, I know mind. the Eagles aren't the best. And I know the Cowboys like are good, like, but they're going to be. I mean, Eagles it's just have weird. Everything like, to gain in those games, like it's weird scheduling to have all these NFC East games happen. Makes no sense. In a five game streams do this. That like Wentz with the Eagles in 2019 had to play four straight division divisional games. So it's like they always do this, and uh, and even with Cleveland this uh, this year, right? Eight of their final ten games are going to be against the division. Yeah, the, some of the scheduling things that have happened recently make no sense. Like, why are the Browns playing the Ravens in back-to-back games? Yeah, like, see, like, it just – it's Because that really unavoidable? Yeah, facts. Like, that's yeah. so easy to change. But, like, you know, I'm this is a huge – this is a huge stretch for Washington. And also, it's a huge stretch for Philly, right? Because, yep. you know, Philly's got four games left. They're going to be on a bye this week, right? What does this mean for Hurts, right? Like, you know, this is kind of an NFC East takeaway, but – you know, they, I think they immediately get out the bye and they play Washington. So they're definitely going to be having their eyes on this Cowboys Washington game, which this one's got some implications because if Washington wins, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about that later in our picks yet again. Uh, yeah. But you know, the, again, Washington has these playmakers, right. And I think Gibson is finally, you know, uh, finally showing what we expected of him, uh, you know, beginning of this season. I think he's finally healthy. Obviously, he had that shin injury, and uh, now he's looking like the running back we all know and love. Uh, Terry McLaurin, as much as I love him, you know, there are some games where he just goes blank. Um, but, again, he is he's going to draw double teams. He's a valuable receiver. Um, and I think, you know, Curtis Samuel, I think they got to use him a bit more now that, you know, he's out of IR. He's a hybrid, hybrid weapon, so use him. Uh, but, you know, only time will tell. Again, all of these two divisions, the NFC East and the AFC North, they're going to be some big implications in the next five weeks. 
Washington's schedule is also brutal from like a traveling perspective. True. Yeah. Because you play at home at Dallas, you travel to Philly, after that travel to Dallas, come back home, and then travel to New York. That it's is not, it's not horrible. Just, it's not horrible considering they're in Maryland. But It's horrible, but when you consider it's all divisional games, I think it makes it that much worse. Yeah, because the stakes are going to be there. It's, it's going to be a stressful. The, see, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, it's you know, a stressful four-week stretch for sure. You got and it's like three road division games. You got to face all three crowds, New York, Dallas, and Philly. And I think the problem comes with scheming because like you play the teams that close together. It's not like you have time to install like huge new packages, stuff that they haven't seen by the time you play them in two more weeks. So like, it's, it's going to be an interesting balance, say, especially with Dallas, they played Dallas this week. They got to go out and try and beat Dallas, but save some things because they got to beat Dallas again in two weeks, or they got to go out and try and beat Dallas again in two weeks. You're right. Like, see, probably like, not yeah, with the same attack. A, this is a very weird. Like, you're telling me five of their six divisional matchups are going to be at the end of the. I. That's yeah. something for the schedule makers, I guess. Jack, you want to get into your yeah. takeaway? Yeah. No, I want. So I want to talk about Washington just for a quick second because. Yeah, I think I I never I never got to say this. I do agree. I think that they right now I choose them in a playoff over Philly if I'm predicting how the season plays out. And I think the crazy part is, and it's it was a takeaway of mine on an Instagram post a couple of weeks ago. Their defense has really start to shine like we thought they would the season. The, the beginning of the year, one of the craziest things that was completely unexpected was the Washington defense looking nothing like what we thought it would. Like they they were one of the if not Trash. the worst defense in the NFL. And then for some reason they lose Chase Young and they've started to play. It's obviously not correlated, but they've started to play like one of the best defenses in football. And right now, I think those NFC East games, like we see them every year, they're going to come down to defense. And I think that right now they have the best defense in that division, definitely better than Philly. Uh, and Philly's a little bit one dimensional. And I feel like if you go up against a bad defense, it, it, it'll tend to work. That's why they're able to run over. Um, Philly's just know. inconsistent. You know, yeah. They'll, and they'll, very on one hand, they'll like, you know, destroy Denver. And then next week they'll lose to New York. Hurts right? himself like, is inconsistent. Yep. Yeah. So you, He's you, had you one game above 200 passing yards in the past, like two months, I think. Yeah. It's absurd. Uh, but I think that just the Washington defense, I trust them right now, um, which is it's it's really great because they, they have so much potential. Um, and I think they can even continue to add to that in free agency and the draft. Um, so it's good to see them back on the right track. Heineke, he's a mixed bag. Um, one week you hear announcers comparing him to Brett Favre and the next week um, he looks like Taylor Heineke again. But I think that right now, with the way that the NFC is laid out, I do think two NFC East teams make the playoffs. And I think I agree with you. I, I, it looks like it's going to be Washington over Philly. Um, again, sucks. It's not going to be those AFC teams that are far, far, far better than both. Uh, but right now, if I had to, you know, put folding money on it, uh, lay, lay down a bet, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Washington and that's Washington has no chase young either, which is crazy. Yeah, I know that's, yeah. it's, it's absurd how, how that ended up working out. My takeaway actually this week is about the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals are 10 and two. And I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this one. They've kind of been under the radar over the past, like three to four weeks. Like you think about conversations about the top teams in the NFC, and you're going to hear people talk about the Packers, the Bucks, and honestly, I think the Rams. And over the past four weeks, you haven't really heard about the Cardinals, be it for whatever reason. I mean, I know they were without Kyler. Uh, they were out They were without Cliff for a game. Uh, D hop's been out. Um, but they're 10 and two. And one thing I learned actually, I, 
when I already knew I was going to do this Cardinals takeaway, I was listening to the bootleg football podcast. It's Brett Coleman, EJ Snyder. They do a really good job, but they are seven and oh on the road. They are an undefeated seven and oh on the road and they've won each road game by over 10 points. And they've done some of that with, with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. And now after last week, we saw it with the bears. They've brought Kyler Murray back into this offense. And my takeaway is that with Kyler Murray under center, they're bringing him back. They are in a prime position to go on a deep playoff run. And I'm really hoping that's a possibility because I know before the season, I said, I'm not sure, you know, how much I believe in Kyler to go out, win that big game, win in January, win in February. I hope he proves me wrong, uh, but they're definitely in a perfect position to go out and do that. I think if they win this week against the Rams, they've basically locked up the division, a division we thought would come down to the wire, be one on maybe the last day of the year. Uh, And the fact that they've gotten through seven road games so far and they face the next schedule to only two of their next five, are on the road and they've proven they can win on the road. I don't know. They're a dangerous team. And I feel like they should be considered possibly the top team in in the NFL. And I think a lot of people have been overlooking them, at least in recent weeks. I wouldn't say that they're going to make a deep playoff run just yet because Cliff and Kyler have no playoff experience. And it makes me wonder if you get the Packers or the Bucks in round two or in round three or round two, if you're saying deep playoff run. Can Kyler really outduel either of those guys? I, in January, I don't know if that's going to happen, but as of right now, yes, they are flying under the radar. I agree with that. And I think my reasoning for that is just because it's Arizona. It's a very small market team, not much history behind that franchise. If this was a big market or a historical franchise, I think we would be talking about them a lot more than we do with Arizona, but 10 and two, you're in control of the NFC playoff picture. The defense has exceeded my expectations by miles. I mean, they are really, really good. The schedule isn't, you know, really difficult. So I think if the defense continues at their pace, I think Arizona definitely deserves to be a favorite as we head towards January. But I think in terms of how much I you know, believe in them when January comes, I wouldn't say I'm extremely high on them. Here's my thing with the cards. Uh, I think you got to put them two. You can put them two right now at the NFC. I'm not going to put them over Green Bay. Uh, and Shrikar's right. Yeah, Arizona, small market. Uh, here's what I'll say, though, Shrikar, for the deep playoff run. If they keep at it at the one seed, I think Green Bay and Tampa are going to finish at the two and three. So if they, they'll they have to play each other in the divisional round. Mm. So I That's think That's when Tampa it gets will, interesting. Like, Arizona will get the four seed. Uh, which will probably be Dallas or yeah. maybe Washington if they somehow win. And I'm taking Arizona over Dallas. We're going to see a preview Dallas of that. Or, or L.A., right? No. Yeah. No. LA can't be the four. LA oh, yeah. No, five. they win no, as the five, five seed. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Which, and obviously we've already seen how Arizona's fared against L.A. Again, we'll get a better picture of that today. Or sorry, this Monday. And then we'll also get a better picture of um, uh, Arizona-Dallas when they play. I don't know if it's next week or a couple weeks down the line. Uh, but I know they play soon. So we'll get a good picture of that. They're two and one with Colt McCoy. So I, you know, again, Cliff Kingsbury has just been a really, really good coach this year. I think in terms of, you know, Jack's like takeaway as them kind of, you know, being just not, you know, talked about enough. I think it's really just because that they don't, they haven't had their start, right? Like now they kind of do, you know, Kyler and D hopper back. So, you know, I guess we can be finally, you know, say like, okay, this team is, you know, getting the right pieces back. Obviously they're not going to have JJ for the rest of the season. Uh, but, you know, only time will tell for Arizona how they do. I think they, they will need to have that buy. I think they, they need it. And here's the thing though, if they get the buy, right. The NFC will run through Arizona. So they don't have to play in these cold weather games. Right. So, cause they're in a dome. So mm-hmm. 
that also helps them a lot. Um, I think, you know, if they get the one seed, right, things will be really interesting and Kyler really won't have to, you know, go up to Lambeau or wouldn't have to go up to Tampa and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think they need this one seed to have a chance. I, I wouldn't trust them if they weren't the one seed, but. Absolutely not. I, I, nah. He's not winning a snow game against Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Exactly. No, but he, there's, I mean, there's a chance in, in Arizona, you know, under the dome, uh, at yeah, night, exactly. I think he can. I think they this could. This is possibly... a guy who's who played at Oklahoma. This is a guy who you know never been in cold weather. So, you know, don't expect any big things out of him. Uh, you know, I know he won in Chicago. I'll give him that. And he is a running quarterback, but I, I wouldn't trust him against a Rod or you know Tom Brady at Tampa. But I absolutely think you have to have this team as either your first or second Super Bowl front. They're my right one. Now. Oh, a Super Bowl. I in my power rankings, they're one. No, I think Super Bowl favorites, think, I'd have Green Bay over them. I got Green Bay at one for power rankings, and I got Super Bowl favorites as Green Bay. And uh, but I mean, you gotta. I'm, I'm saying you gotta have them at least at two. Like, yeah, I'm. Co- I, I'm no more putting Tampa, putting Tampa over them. Tampa no Dallas, no Los Angeles, not even yeah. New England. Like the Cardinals have proven Tampa, this year maybe. they are a tremendous football team, and yeah. I just feel like they're not getting the recognition that they had at the beginning of the season. I feel like it all happened like after that Panthers loss. Everyone kind of mini wrote them off that one week. And we just haven't really heard about him now. And Kyler's come back and it's still like, like the fact that we hadn't heard, or I hadn't at least heard that they're undefeated on the road and won each game by 10 plus points. Like they should be getting ex- extreme recognition for that. If the, if the Pats had done that, we see it on every Instagram page for yeah. two weeks. So you can, you can argue the cards are the best all around team in football right now. I mean, I I'd listen to an argument for that. I would too. Just, I think when we look forward to January, I think that's when my perspective starts to shift. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, my takeaway is focused on right now. I just think that right, right now, now I agree. they've probably built the best resume so far on the season. Um, and I think that right now they're maybe the best well-oiled machine of football. Though This problem is when you look down the road, you see Green Bay getting some of their players back healthy. They could add yep. three all pros by the time they play the Cardinals. So it's mm-hmm. that's that's kind of when you start to question things a little bit. But if that's all you guys got for the three takeaways, would you want to get into fantasy start and sit? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Who's going first? Uh, let's make Jack go first because he went last. Sure, I'll go first. My fantasy start is T. Higgins. Second time I've done this so far this year. And I know it's becoming a little bit more obvious, but I still feel like he needs to get a little bit more recognition. Um, I still feel like you look at the name and you see what Jamar Chase has done. And T. Higgins had, you know, a bunch of down weeks to start the year, but he's playing, I, I would say, better than Jamar Chase as of late. Uh, he might still be the, you know, the better fantasy option. And when I pulled him up uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the first time we ever did this. I mentioned how he's the he's the red zone threat. Uh, he has been getting more volume than Jamar Chase. Uh, and people forget how good he was his rookie year. Last week goes nine for 38 and a touchdown. Uh, Jamar Chase fizzling out a little bit towards the end of his rookie season. Still, obviously, a tremendous wide receiver. Um, but I would start T. Higgins, I think, over Jamar Chase. I think I start T. Higgins over a lot of guys. I'd have him at least in my top. 16 wide receivers i think and you know pushing to be a high wide receiver too i think you got to make sure you have him at least in your flex if not as a wide receiver one or two Uh, i agree i think t higgins is definitely a start and it's also because the niners pass defense has not been good in recent weeks and now you're down without emmanuel mosley so you got josh norman on one side diamador lenoir a rookie corner on the other side i'm assuming he's going to get the looks against t higgins so not a great corner matchup from the niners perspective but yeah i agree with that My start this week is going to be Terry McLaurin against Dallas. Now, I know Terry has been letting down fantasy owners for the past few weeks. He's been in a bit of a lull, 
But matching up against Trevon Diggs in this game, Diggs is you know prone for giving prone to giving up a lot of receiving yards. Um, so I think I think this is the game that Terry bounces back, especially in a divisional fight. I think he's going to get a lot of looks, and I think I'm confident him bouncing back this week. And if he doesn't, then I'm slowly leaning more and more out on Terry McLaurin. But I believe in him, and I think he's going to bounce back against Dallas. Yeah, I think Terry's always had some good games against Dallas, too, in the last couple of years. Um, my start is going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, I know usually that is a start, but obviously with the Chiefs offense, it's been kind of a slump uh, in recent weeks. And then obviously the run game is just not something to kind of rely on. Uh, but, you know, they get a Raiders team that just has been awful on defense, literally like last in every cat or like 28 to 30 second in like every category in the last month. Uh, and, you know, I think for Clyde, who's finally back to being at full strength, uh, you know, was on IR for a little bit of time. Uh, I, like he had 14 carries and he may do with it, you know, 54 yards. And I think this guy's still going to be potent and getting some receptions in the passing game. So you can kind of rely on him for that. Uh, so, yeah, that's my start. Yeah, I have Kyle Bajler in multiple leagues, and I've definitely been questioning, you know, whether I can actually start him uh, based on the fact that the Chiefs offense hasn't been, you know, as efficient as we expected to be coming the year. And they haven't shown, you know, a particular loyalty to giving a layer touches. Uh, so I've definitely questioned it starting him in a couple of leagues this week. So my fantasy sit, though, uh, it's actually two people in the same game, both, I think, very comparable running backs, Melvin Gordon and Jamal Williams. We saw what Javante Williams was able to do last week when he got the full load in Denver. Uh, he looked absolutely fantastic. It's what we've been wanting to see all season, this, them to give him the touches. Uh, and I feel like after that, you're going to see Melvin Gordon, especially coming off injury, missing a week. You're going to see him get less touches. So I feel like try and avoid letting him in your fancy lineup. And Jamal Williams, uh, we thought with DeAndre Swift out, Jamal Williams would be a better option. Uh, but unfortunately, the, the Lions just, again, kind of like CEH, they're not showing a loyalty uh, to Jamal Williams. It seems like they still want to use a committee. Uh, Jamal Williams didn't have a ton of passing upside as you're going to get in this uh, Detroit offense. So I think if you can avoid, keep those two guys out of your lineup and in the same game. Yep. Denver and Detroit both have relatively stout fronts. So both ways, uh, I think they could both be considered sits. I agree with that. Um, my sit is going to be Tevin Coleman and last week against the Eagles. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't bad. He actually had a pretty decent game. I know he had double digits, but I don't remember what the exact point total was. And that might tempt people to start them again, but you're going up against the saints and the saints are very strong against the run. Um, and I think this is just a bad matchup for Tevin Coleman. So I think he's my sit this week. Do not be tempted by last year uh, or last week. I mean, yeah, I think Tevin just doesn't have, uh, what do you call it, receiving upside. So, uh, no. it kinda, yeah, so it kind of sucks. Um, and then my sit, I'm thinking about two guys. Uh, one of them is going to be DeAndre Hopkins against the Rams. Uh, obviously, he's going to kind of get shadowed by Jalen, and uh, he's still recovering from that injury, obviously. He, and he's only been, in those last two games, he's only been targeted twice. Now, he's made do on those two targets last week against Chicago, but – you know, two targets um, and, you know, against a guy who doesn't even allow your receiver to get targeted much, it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, we'll kind of see with that. And then another guy is just Brandon Cooks. I think the Texans offense is just way too, you know, inconsistent. And I think, you know, Brand last time I said to sit Brandon Cooks, he got a garbage time touchdown. It really sucks. But, you know, against Seattle, I just don't know. I think uh, Brandon Cooks has just been too inconsistent for my liking. So if you can kind of stay away from those guys in your lineups, even though I know it's hard to, you know, bench DeAndre Hopkins. Well, yeah, good luck to you guys this week. It should be the last week of the regular season for pretty much every fantasy league. So we hope that we were able to give you guys some good advice 
for the last couple of weeks because we started, started playoffs doing this. for mine in the couple. So. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Well, good we luck if it, if it, week playoffs. If it is mm-hmm. your playoff, uh, definitely good luck. Go out, win some championships, uh, and send us DMs on Instagram uh, if 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 you're gonna win any championships, win any leagues this year. But speaking of winning, we got a new leader in picks. Streetcar last week went 11 and three and took over the lead at 118 and 75. Fans and I went nine and five. We're sitting in second place, one game below Streetcar at 117 and 76. And Anish went 10 and four, uh, coming in second on the week, sitting at 113 and 80. We mentioned it's a slow burn, and now he's only four games behind the fans and I. We're so coming back. We kind are kind of right back in the thick of back. things. Kind of right back in the thick of things. And we've got we'll five see. games. We're picking on camera this week. The rest of them back. you'll find on our Instagram in the polls. You'll find out who we're picking. But the five games starting it off. Cowboys, Washington football team. We talked about this game a lot already. Uh, it's basically, I think, gonna, if Dallas wins, it decides the NFC East. And I think they do. I think they kind of seal their fate, pretty much pencil themselves in as the four seed in the NFC playoffs, uh, and then get to focus maybe a little bit on that, but not take their foot off the gas too much. I think just this week, uh, while the Washington defense has been good, the Cowboys offensive line uh, has been really good on the year. They're a really stout unit. Uh, and I think just with all three of their wide receivers healthy now they've got Gallup Cooper and Lamb all healthy uh, they can really cause some havoc on a team that Washington while I've praised their defense a lot I still think they're kind of one star corner or safety away from being you know a true lockdown defense that can contain an offense that the Cowboys have yep as we mentioned before if Washington wins the NFC East actually becomes somewhat interesting um, and I think it's definitely possible. I think Washington's definitely going to be in this game, and I think it might come down to the final possession. But I'm going to side with Dallas because I think they're just the better team. And it's the first meeting between these two teams. Obviously, and in these situations, I tend to go towards who I think is just better on paper. But we'll see what happens. I, I'm going to side with Dallas right now. Yeah, I'm going to take Dallas uh, just because I think, look, they, they have that extra, you know, four days of rest. Uh, you know, coming off a big win against the Saints, which they didn't really play too well in. I mean, you know, obviously they got those crazy takeaways in the end. So, you know, I guess they kind of want to clean things up uh, against a team that's been pretty clean throughout. But also Washington just hasn't put up points and you're going to have to put up points against, you know, one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Uh, and I think, again, Washington's kind of been hanging on a thread again against the Raiders, kind of a little bit lucky. So I just think Dallas uh, is too much firepower for Washington to stop. Nice game. Uh, another divisional matchup. It's the Ravens versus the Browns. The Browns coming off a bye really tempted me. I, I really was really tempted into picking the Browns. Um, but, you know, I've been I've been stabbed by that sword, stabbed in the back too many times uh, by them. Can't trust them, especially with Baker Mayfield's injury. You just never know what you're going to get when you put that Cleveland offense out on the field, even though they've got Kareem Hunt back, uh, even though they're coming off of a bye. And I really wanted to do it. I got to go with the Ravens. Um, but honestly, a game I see going either way. Huge, huge game in the AFC North. And with the Browns coming off their bye week, I'm actually expecting their best game in a while. And also the loss of Marlon Humphrey, as I touched on before, that is a crushing loss for Baltimore. So I'm actually going to pick the Browns in this game. I picked against the Ravens last week. It worked <laughs> out. And I think I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing this week. Yeah, so um, this is the biggest game of the year. If they lose, they're probably out. Uh, they're probably out of the playoffs. 
I'm going with the Browns. Um, this <laughs> this is yeah. This is the this game is I'm I'm tuning into this one. This one this one's gonna you know definitely have my heart racing for that for those three hours. But you know off a of bye, you know hey come on man. I mean this uh, you know a week thirteen bye could not have come at a better time. You know definitely you know get back a little bit at full strength and you know no no Marlon Humphrey is gonna be good considering that this dude is always tor- like always getting after it against us. Big divisional game. We need it badly. Um, and, you know, I'm going to ride with them one more time. If this is the game that the Browns win, if this is the big game that they actually pull out and they look like the team they're supposed to look like, I swear to God, I'm, I'm going to – so I think it's going to happen. Don't hop back on. Do not. I'm not – no, I will not hop back on. I'm just going to quit. I'm going to ret- like retire early. I'm just going to be done picking these things. Because it's like the Bears last year, dude, with streetcar. I just that was only for half the season though. This is a long running curse. Just please, just please, just don't don't put faith in them. I sure hope not. not. For the boys, not going for the Browns. The the other game is a game that we mentioned slightly earlier when talking about fantasy. It's the Niners and the Bengals. Uh, I was going with the Bengals all the way. Hearing about just the way Streetcar is talking about the Niners DBs too only makes me more confident in that pick. I think. The Bengals will probably have their way both through the run and the pass, uh, but we've seen they're probably one of the most inconsistent teams in the league uh, going, you know, beating up on the Ravens huge and then losing to the Chargers, but then almost coming back and then kind of losing by a, a decent margin. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, I still think, you know, the Niners will funnily, funnily enough end up in a better position after this game than the Bengals, which sucks to say. Man, dude, pick up. You better do it. Very, this is a very uh, evenly matched game. One that has given me a lot of trouble over the past few days. Uh, Is the best receiver from the 2019 class playing? Uh, uh, Yes, it looks like he is. Looks like Warner's going to be back as well. Here's the thing. The Bengals and the Niners are both very talented teams, but they're both flawed. And it's like they're coming into the same situation if I was not a biased Niner fan, I would take the Bengals because they're at home and Joe Burrow is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. That is if I was an unbiased fan. I'm a very biased fan. I'm taking the Niners. I'm believing in my boys. Oh, my God. I had so much trouble with this because I didn't want to sound biased on camera, but uh, here it is. I, I'm, I'm taking the Niners. They're a very good team on the road. I can see this as a potential get-right game. And they need this game because, you know, postseason. So I, I'm going to go with the Niners. The Niners win. Oh, yeah. Take, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anish, take them. Take, uh, take the Bengals. <laughs> Please. Please, Please take, take them. them. This, helps, this helps me a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, look, Elijah Mitchell is looking like he can't go. Uh, Debo is still yet to practice. Fred's probably going to come back, but I just don't think they have enough guys that are at 100%. I know fans are going to go with the Niners, considering how many Niner fans that we have. I don't know. I think, I think they'll go with the Bengals. But they might they might go. Bengals. Oh, this one's tough. Look, and is it tough because you don't know who to who's going to win, or it's tough because you just don't want to pick the Bengals? No, nah, it's not even – because I think Cincy is really inconsistent. And I think – look, can the – I mean – I think the Niners have a good enough run defense, but I think just know with, you know, Emmanuel Mosley being out too, like who's going to stop their receiving threats, right? Like, I feel like their secondary is just, I mean, we said that about DK and Lockett last week and you know, they didn't do amazing. Lockett had seven catches and a touchdown and 
DK yeah, that was getting cashed out. You know what? Just end, for though. that, just for that, I'm going with Cincy. Uh, no. Just so he can, yeah, I'm gonna go with Cincy because usually um, when Anish picks against the Niners, it, it usually works out. So I'm, I'm, I'm counting okay. on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Cincy. You see, I want the Niners to win. Stop it! I want them to win. <laughs> like you don't understand. If they win, that helps me so much. Anish is confirmed a Bengals fan, as you can all tell. Uh, but we get into this. I'm going to just say this, though. If the Niners win and the Vikings win and the Browns win, we're second in the AFC North. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Wow. All right. All right. We move into the two biggest games of the week. Uh, the first one, Bills versus Bucks. Uh, marquee matchup coming into the year. I mean, one of the biggest games in the NFL across the entire 18-week schedule. This one was tough, and, and trust me, there is definitely an argument uh, for the Bills in this one, but I got to go with the Buccaneers. Tom Brady just doesn't lose these games. He, he's prone to drop a couple games each year in the regular season to teams he shouldn't lose to and a couple that maybe he should. Um, but when it gets to this kind of crunch time part of the year around Christmas, Tom Brady is by far the best player, the most clutch player in all the sports I think he, he pulls this one out, um, especially with Tredavious White out. If Tredavious White was playing, I really would have thought about it. Uh, but just to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin going up uh, against a team that, you know, they still have great safeties. The, the backup corners definitely uh, are serviceable enough, uh, and they can still, as we saw from last week, even though it was in the, the, the wind, snow, and rain, have a very good defense. I just think I trust Tom. I trust the Buccaneers receivers a little bit more uh, than I do the Bills defense. And right now, not, not sure what I'm going to get with Josh Allen every time he goes out. Pretty sure what I'm going to get from Tom Brady. So I'm going with the Bucs. This might be a really, really just tough spot for the Bills because you got to think after that Monday night game, I've been kind of wondering, are they just going to come out just flat, like emotionally? I, I think it's, it's fair to wonder that, especially when you're going against Tom Brady, um, on a short week, too, I, I think the Bucks are going to keep rolling. I got to go with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I got Tampa. Brady owns the Bills. Um, and also, you're going to have to go at Tampa, short week. Morale lost, as Shrikar said. Uh, and again, you know, injuries to the uh, Bills secondary, especially Tredavious White. And look, I love Josh, but he's not better than Tom Brady. I trust Brady more. Uh, and I think, you know, Tampa is just going to keep rolling. Uh, they got too many playmakers for the Buck, uh, Bills to stop and uh, even I just think it's going to come down to the Bucks simply just outscoring the Bills making more plays and we talked about this game earlier as well the Rams versus the Cardinals Cardinals win I think they secured the NFC West Rams win they at least opened the door uh, for a possible comeback uh, to launch themselves possibly even to being the one seed in the NFC if all goes right for them I'm going with the Cardinals again right now I think with the way that these teams have been trending, I think the Cardinals are by far the better team. Uh, they dismantled the Rams early in the year, which I guess probably means that the, the Rams are going to come back and beat the doors off the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are at home. Uh, I it's on a Monday, you know, Kyler gets a little bit more rest. He builds himself up. He wasn't great against Chicago, uh, but now he's got another week under his belt, another week of practice to, you know, knock the rust off a little bit. I think I trust him more than Stafford right now. Uh, I think that their offense has been more dynamic uh, and has been ch it's able to change a little bit more than the Rams one, um, especially with Robert Woods out. This Rams offense has not quite looked the same. So I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals in this one. It could go back and forth. And honestly, it's a toss up. I'm not going to fault anyone who picks the Rams. I think this is the best game of the week. Definitely. Um, 
the, if the Cardinals win, they pretty much clinch the division. If the Rams win, I think we're back to putting them in that contender status as, you know, Super Bowl contenders. This will be a nice road victory for them, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. It's just who do I trust more right now? Uh, and I think I trust Arizona a lot more than L.A. So I got to go with the Cardinals here. Pick them. You guys know how much I love the Rams. Um, Pick so if the Cardinals win, they actually clinch a playoff spot. They'll be the first team to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, look, aside from week four, Sean McVay has always owned the Rams. Oh, sorry, the Cardinals. Guess what team he hasn't owned? The, look, I'm trying. Okay, I think I think the Rams got to look at this kind of like a playoff game. This is like you know huge implications for them. They're coming off a big win against Jacksonville. I, you know I think they've gained confidence with guys like Odell, even though you know I'm not the biggest fan of his. I'm gonna go with the upset. I'm going to take L.A. I'm, I'm unsure about it. I mean, I guess, you know, I kind of have to go with it now. But, look, I, I think I think they're going to be extra motivated for this game. I think people are riding the cards a little bit high. And if the Rams win it, obviously, we're going to see some, you know, big implications kind of shift up. And they don't have to travel far. It's an indoor game. You're going to see some, you know, big offensive plays from both sides. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams that's all we got for you guys uh, today. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Good luck in your fantasy matchups. Uh, enjoy Thursday night football, Minnesota versus Pittsburgh. I know Anish and Shrikar are rooting for Minnesota. I'm, I'm taking Pittsburgh, and I think you fans are going with Minnesota. Heavily so- rooting for Minnesota. Come on. <laughs> no. we're, rooting for the, we're rooting for everyone in the AFC North except the Browns. <laughs> Uh, but yeah anyways we hope you guys enjoyed the episode have a great weekend uh and enjoy the football on sunday we'll be back here next week to break down what we we are sure is going to be a very good week i'm sure we'll have takeaways about bills bucks rams cardinals maybe the cowboys maybe the browns um but that's all that's all we got for you guys today uh thank you guys for listening we've been the cold Archery podcast and we will see you next time